Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, be, hey! A little delayed. Do, do the uh, do the one where you kick a bat into somebody's shin. Oh, here we go. John's got the uh, Tito's helmet. I, why do they put that piece on the inside? I wonder. Tito's coming back to the show next week. No free ads, but this is a free ad for Tito's. Oh yeah. That looks good. Ugh. Yeah. Team on three. One, two, three. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Haberman of Middlecoff podcast. That's John Middlecoff. I'm Guy Haberman. It's great to see you. It's uh, If you're here live on YouTube, subscribe. If you're here after the fact, subscribe. Like the video. Tell your friends about it. Tell your enemies. If you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate your ears. Uh, sub, uh, you probably already subscribed if you're listening, but if not, subscribe and um, you know leave us a review. Five stars, we appreciate that. I didn't realize till I put on the helmet that you, I didn't quite understand what you were talking about. The little thing that caps you can't. That's not like a normal you can't put helmet. Your head all the way in it. Yeah, yeah. so your head is. Yeah, it's, I, I see what you're saying. I think they want to make sure nobody actually plays football in it. Yeah, and, and then uh, we have a little liability. Yeah, okay. then you got to light everything. You know, it's all about everything comes down to the lawyers, John. Yeah, expenses, liabilities. Assets, yeah, and lawyer. There will be lawyers. There will always be lawyers. Uh, you know, actually, speaking of which, there were lawyers for D Ford. Oops, there were lawyers for D Ford. Forty-one point seven six five million earned in three seasons, nine and a half sacks total. We do the math on that. D Ford released after uh, that production. Four point five million dollars uh, per sack, guy. Four point five million dollars per sack. Now, you know, it's gross. So if you California net, we're talking three-ish million a sack uh, net dollars. So net nine times, you know, three, you know, we're talking, you know, $28 million-ish, give or take. Somebody should rank those sacks from the least valuable to the best use of $4.5 million to the worst use of $4.5 million. I guess he had one of the... He, he had some he, he had some big one. I mean, he was he was a starting pass rusher on a Super Bowl team. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was if they'd take a do over. I think they would think twice about it, obviously, but not a total, total failure. Now, they did have an NFC championship team that he was obviously relevant on. Uh, now, ultimately, did this money hinder them? Potentially a little. <laughs> you know, they probably could have signed some dudes over the years. Uh, they did trade a second round pick, but how about D Ford guy? He was a first round pick from Auburn who underachieved 
until he got good toward the end. And then he got his fifth year option picked up. And I'm pretty sure it was like $13 million. So in four seasons, his last season on the Chiefs, and then his three seasons on the Niners, I think he's close to $55 million. And then obviously being a first round pick, I'd, I'd get, it was a later in the twenties, maybe an extra 10. I mean, this guy made 60 plus mil playing the league guy. Yeah. I mean, right, the at, league. right at 58 uh, is the number before. Yeah. Right at 58 is the number I'm looking at here. What was his last season on the the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, 8.71 million in 2018. So he was, you know, I'd say inflation has gone up a little bit in the league. Huh? It's, the fifth year option feels a little higher now. But uh, I mean, it's nothing to scoff at. American dream right there, John. D Ford, congrats on the American dream. Baseball players are like laughing, like, <laughs> I would have been 180. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have made four in your actually if you were your first round pick, you might have made four four quick, you know? You're 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 Drew Jones, you're a Bobby Witt Juniors, you're uh what's what's uh, Matt Holiday's son's name? Whatever his name is. Matt Holiday's a son, that's good. I just went like top five in the draft. Wow, God, I'm getting old. Matt Holiday's son. Matt Holiday fellow ball. Jackson brother. Holiday. Where'd he go to school? High school kid? High school kid. Yeah, just uh I, I love a good comp, you know, when obviously with Kyler Murray in the news, you know, the baseball football things like you think he made oh. the right decision. Well, of course he did. We all knew he did at the time. Like no one was arguing that. I love the comp too, like the A's. Yeah, we understand they're a poverty franchise, like their payroll's smaller than what he makes a year. We, we know that <laughs> they're made fun of all the time. They literally if, just traded their whole team. Uh, uh, number one overall, Jackson Holiday. What number Matt Holiday's son went number one overall? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Drew Jones went really high too. Andrew Jones' son. He is sweet. I've se- I've seen highlights. Uh he was the one that went viral last year when like a bunch of people were talking trash and then he went deep. That to me is the hope. You went two? Of, that that's the hope of baseball is just all the former sweet guys that we grew up on just have kids. And if those kids were just normal, Andrew Jones' kid was just like Bill, you know, Andrew Middlecoff, maybe he's playing wide receiver or point guard or something, but his dad's Andrew Jones. He's playing baseball. Matt Holliday's kid probably could be like a linebacker. Instead, he's playing baseball. So basically, baseball is going to be full of like the 18 all-stars are all going to be former players' kids. It's the only way. Thomas's kid. There's Tony Gwynn's kid. There's uh, uh, Andrew Jones' kid. Because otherwise, even Griffey's kid, remember, played football at, uh, at Arizona. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to get our best athletes to play baseball is if they grew up in major league clubhouses. Yeah. Uh, Drew Jones apparently injured, tweaked his left shoulder, uh, needed an MRI during his first batting practice. You see Steph Curry was taking BP today? I saw Steph and Aisha throwing out the first pitch at the uh, A's game, yeah. He had a couple home runs. Um, they, they let him take BP and uh, looked like he made pretty solid contact. I'd say Steph's a pretty good athlete. Feels like he's good at a lot of things. John, let's tell the people about our friends at DraftKings. Right now, with UFC 277 around the corner this Saturday, you can bet five bucks on any fighter to win, and you get $100 in free bets after that, whether you win or lose, just by signing up with the code HAM. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and promo code HAM to do that deal. Yep, download the DraftKings app right now. Promo code HAM. Obviously, UFC this weekend. Get into the parlays. 
ton of other stuff you want to bet on baseball coming down the home stretch here. Y- Yankees Mets tonight, or is that series over? It might be going on right now. We're, uh, we're I watched it yesterday, so I, I don't know. Sometimes they got these two game series, so I don't know what's up today. Yeah, uh, obviously the NBA is not going on. Football's right around the corner. College football feels like most of the media on, days are you happening. Can bet on week one, John. You can yeah, bet on week right. one. You got to what's, what's what's that opening game there? Go. Uh, we got Rams Bills. We got Rams Bills. Rams are plus one at home. How's that possible? Uh, I I I got to be honest. I like the Rams plus one at home. So what are, what are the what are the birds there? Minus four Lions Eagles see, minus four. You see Campbell today or yesterday doing up downs? Yeah, it's like come on, Dan. I mean, this Tape is his wrist. Dan, you know I I I can I I understand wearing cleats at practice. Harbaugh did former players. I, I can't have you doing up downs. Uh, right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Maybe you want to get in on that uh, Brandon Moreno, Kai, Cara, France fight. Promo code HAM, 5 bucks. Any UFC 277 fighter to win, get $100 in free bets no matter what. Code HAM this Saturday, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner. Did you say this, part? No. Keep saying the it. official sports betting partner of USC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Is he, is he more of a ground fighter, John? Does he fight standing up? You know, all questions... Dan Campbell, to me, strikes could probably prefer to stand up. It's a tall man, a lot of yeah. leverage in that torso. If I, had to, if I had to guess Dan Campbell's fighting style would be Chuck Liddell. He just swings to knock you out. I don't I don't see him as like a tactician on the ground. One-punch knockout guy. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy Garoppolo uh, got his physical on Monday, uh, on Tuesday, passed his physical on Tuesday, showed up on Wednesday, did some throwing stuff, and then... Sino, <laughs> sayonara, suckers, out the door. And um, Kyle Shanahan said it was more us. I think Kawakami asked him, did he say I'm leaving or did you send him home? And Kyle said, we basically told him you can go ahead and you don't have to be here. Trey Lance found out yesterday it's his team. When I said it in the press conference, didn't tell him directly, just said it in the press conference. And uh, it's his team now, so you can go ahead and, and go about your business. And we can talk about that. But I do want to start by by talking about our conversation yesterday, which was you believe strongly that it's likely that they could, after a week of searching for a trade, cut them if they don't have a trade. You see Kevin Stefanski today? What did Kevin Stefanski say? I, I don't know how much you put into some of these quotes, but he said, whenever Deshaun Watson's situation, Deshaun Watson's our starter until he's not our starter, then Jacoby Brissett is our starter. Now it's he, it's he can say that right now without lying, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so that your point being that's that's do you, potential. Do you, do you believe him when you say that, or do you no, think they'll? I don't be think they would. Play. If Deshaun gets suspended for the season, I think they would become interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm getting less convinced that Deshaun's getting suspended for the season. But anyway, back to I just want to make this point yesterday because you you think it's more likely, much more likely than I think it is that Jimmy would just get released after a week and they would do the right thing by Jimmy. Because again, yesterday, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, we believe there's value. You don't just give away value, all that. The reason I bring it up today is because I want to announce to you that I am reconsidering my position. And you might be right. And here's why I'm reconsidering my position on this. I was thinking about the press conference yesterday. One thing they said at least three times, maybe four times, was uh, if if he hadn't had the surgery, he wouldn't be in this position. They've said that a lot, but they said it a lot yesterday for being a thing that we all kind of understand now. Did they say, did they basically say we had a trade until he got surgery and the trade was off? Or that's been kind of reported. I don't, 
I didn't get the impression they said that yesterday. I don't remember saying mind. that either, but I, I swear I saw a headline like that. But they, what, they've insinuated that, basically. Last night I was thinking about it because these are the things we think about in our free time. I was thinking about it. Maybe it's not. Like, there is no part of this interaction from a public standpoint with Jimmy or Don Yee that the Niners have made contentious at all. And every time they say, you know, Jimmy had to have the surgery, he had to have it. If he hadn't had to have it, we would have traded him, but he had to have it fine. It kind of feels like they're saying, Jimmy, Jimmy's, our plans for Jimmy got screwed up when Jimmy needed surgery. And that's why we're in the spot of having to do something with him that we don't want to do. But here's the thought I had last night. Maybe the reason they said it so many times yesterday is not because they're explaining why they're about to hold him hostage for four weeks, but maybe it's because they are about to let him go after a week of searching for a trade and release him. And they want to make it very, 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 very clear. Their plan was good. Their plan got completely torpedoed because he needed surgery and it would have worked if he hadn't needed surgery. And that's why we're in this position, because there's only two reasons you repeat that statement. One is to remind people that it's somebody else's fault. Jimmy, but but every time they say it, they go and he needed the surgery. We're not blaming him. So maybe the reason it seemed to me like they said it a lot yesterday for being July 26th yesterday. So maybe it was not about, hey, this is why we're going to hold on to him. Maybe it was about when we release him. Just remember, 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 remember. This is why we're in this position. Maybe. Why I feel even more confident that this is not, they're not going to hold them hostage all training camp if they're if if a trade doesn't come to the surface, which Deshaun feels by far the most likely, and the other ones, they just don't. Uh, now things can change fast. Is that if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, now you're literally, and this goes back to rap sheet, like his timeline's a little off. Like he is cleared to practice. He claimed that he would not be cleared to practice till August. Now, like rap sheet, but got to take the L on that one. Schefter came through. The Niners were right, right? They thought he'd be cleared to practice, and he was. Jimmy showed up this morning, did something with the trainer, and got sent home, which is cool if you're a high school kid. You're like, damn, I get to go home. It's not cool if you're a professional and you have a ton of money on the line and you're trying to like resurrect your career. If you put yourself in his shoes in any profession, given the thing that like you don't get to work, what you do for a living is very specialized. It takes consistent practice to sustain your level of play, and the competition is really high. Would you be cool of potentially is July 27th, let's just pick September 1st would be the date, for the next 30, 37 days of just getting sent home after an hour a day? You would not. Again, you're not a high school kid. You're not a college kid who wants the free time. You are now a professional with a ton of cash, and you have seen the highest level. Iron sharpens iron. I can't see him be cool, being cool with this because no human I know worth their salt would be for a long – maybe they've iced out a deal for like the first week. We'll see how things go. Okay, I cannot see five straight weeks of this, of you just sitting at home. How, how do you practice, guy? How do you maintain your – Well, you don't – but again, like, like I don't think him being cool or not cool with it has – I don't think that's – I don't think they would trade him because he's not cool with it. Like when I, I don't say think trade, I mean like I think he I'm can make a released. stink. Yeah, I, I think they're not going to just stretch this out if nothing's available. I, I'm beginning to think you might be right, but I don't think it's because he's not cool with it. I don't – like, you know what I mean? Like I don't think he's going to put them in the position 
because he's upset about it so much as I think they might just go, you know what? We see the writing on the wall after a week of this. Here's the other thing. Don Yee's out there trying to find trades, but how badly does Don Yee want to find a trade? Not that badly. Don Yee wants to get released, right? Yeah. So Don Yee, you, you, you could argue so like you can make Seattle. What's the deal? Cleveland. What's the deal? Houston. What's the deal? Carolina. Uh, we're not talking anymore, right? The Giants. Maybe the Giants, maybe, but if the Giants say, yeah, man, we'll, we're rolling with Daniel. If something happens and Jimmy's available in three weeks, then if Daniel gets hurt, you know, but it, it might be pretty clear to them after a week that everyone's telling them we're not all that interested. Yeah. Well, but I, my I think, point is that I agree with you, Jimmy, there's no reason for him to be cool with it. I, why would not? But I don't think they care. Like to me, it's not about whether you're cool with it or not. It's just, are we, is this going to be worth it to us to have to talk about Jimmy every day for the next month? If there's not going to be a payoff. Well, when I, when I say they're not like, I, I think we're potentially, and who knows, maybe I'm wrong for them. Start making a stink publicly. Like I want to be released. I want to be released through Don Yee, through the media. Uh, and it's a little bit different than Debo saying, I want to trade. You're not getting a trade. It'll become like, what are you doing to this guy? This is kind of fucked up. And you start getting blowback because they're not but, but really see, right. I now. don't think they're going to make any decisions based on public blowback. Like, I don't think that's, but again, I think they'll public do it. Blowback. They like, well, how, what are they do? What kind of business is this? This is ridiculous. You just, even Kyle admitted like it's over with Jimmy. Now it's like you, you're uh, 10 days away from like you're sending them home every day. It's kind of stupid. I, I think it's time, it, not time quite yet. Wait till the Deshaun news. But if the Cleveland Browns say, we are not going to trade for you. And the Texans are like, bro, we like this guy a lot. Kind of like uh, Sandoz piece. We, we were actually the quotes in there. We just claimed to be another organization. And Seattle, like, like we'll just wait till he's cut. So you can wait now or you can wait a little bit later. Like, we'll get him. Uh, My ultimate just, point is that I don't think. This is I not think like it, trying to be like Belichick a move right now. I think it's, I, think I, it's, I, think it's I, I think it's as simple as they. Kyle has said it repeatedly. Like, we don't do anything. We don't say anything. And we don't do anything that we don't have to do until we absolutely have to do it or say it. And it might be that after a week of realizing there's nowhere to trade him, they just say, okay, the deadline was the end of camp. But to your point, no one plays in the preseason. No one's getting hurt. The chances of somebody getting hurt in the next three weeks are I think there's so a right and a wrong thing to do in this in this situation than to write it out. Because uh, yeah, writing I mean, it I out do think, for what? I, I agree with that. Well, you just you are just holding on to an asset until you no longer – can hold on to him anymore on the off chance that he can help your franchise in a trade. If somebody else gets hurt, what's the, what's the most possible they could get for Jimmy Garoppolo sixth. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if somebody got hurt or if Deshaun Watson got suspended for the year, I think you could pay some of his salary and get a fifth round pick or something like that. But we have to admit like holding out for a fifth round pick, I would totally get it if we we're talking like second day picks. We're talking about picks that I got to be honest, I think are completely irrelevant when they're used until the guy becomes a player, as most people do. Like that's what we're talking about. That, that to me, yeah. I mean, George, one of their best players was a fifth round pick, so I could understand. I and agree with, and you, it's but, pretty fucking lucky. Like how many George oh, Kittles in the history of the league? It always is, but th- there's a reason you don't treat fifth round picks like they're. I know, in, but most like, people don't. Most people don't like ride forever for a fifth round pick. I get it with a second round pick or even a third round pick. We're talking fifth round pick. Best case scenario. I agree. I agree so, with you. I just don't think Jimmy being mad or Donnie bullying them. I don't I think say that. I, I just mean like whatever. Whatever think, you're describing. I think they're both like, just doing business together. Like I, I don't think like the Niners are trying to 
they're not being that cutthroat in the sense of they're not holding out for for anything. So if like it gets to the point where to me, if they demand their release, I think they'd probably grant it to him. I think if Don Yee and Jimmy Garoppolo demand to be released, I think the 49ers would do it. I guess is my ultimate point. Yeah, you might be right. I, I and my point is I don't even think it like I don't clearly their relationship to this point at least doesn't if a demand was gonna work, they would have demanded it yesterday, right? The yeah, I think he it's past that physical. And maybe Don's still holding out hope that he can broker. Well, they might deal. know. Who? Like Don might know after a week they'll release him if they can't find a trade, right? Yeah. He might know that. Which might be part of the reason why Jimmy is being the way he's I, being. I, but but I, it's I also historically what he is. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I, I'm ready for this to be over. <laughs> like just my exhaustion with this, because it's just it is what it is. It's set in stone, right? Whether he gets traded or cut, like there's no Jimmy. Jimmy's doing nothing now. There's no Jimmy news unless like, oh, this team is interested in him. But that it hasn't even remotely gotten close to that lately. That's the thing. So it's like we're at a point now where nothing's going to change moving forward. Unless Deshaun is the thing, which I understand just waiting till that happens. But I would have told you that, that would have happened a month ago. It doesn't even feel like. If you told me that Deshaun Watson suspension is announced September 1st, I'd believe you at this point. I don't know. doesn't feel like there's some set date that he's going to get. Like, they don't care. The I'll tell you this. If Deshaun Watson gets suspended a week after Jimmy Garoppolo gets released, wouldn't it feel kind of crazy if the Browns didn't sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, it's much easier to do business with him to sign him for $5, 6000000 million, right? Yeah. I, what, what I'm saying is, back to your point on Kevin Stefanski's quote, we'd be like, wait, you just – you just not signing him at all? Yeah. Well, like I said, wouldn't that be crazy if you think about Stefanski's comment in that context? If Garoppolo were just on the street, they'd be crazy not to sign Jimmy. Well, Garoppolo. they, they, I think that they would immediately. Which is why I don't really believe Kevin Stefanski. Why well, don't either? Because they, they just need a backup quarterback. You wouldn't roll in a game with Jacoby and Josh Rosen as your one-two, right? Right. You would feel pretty good about Jimmy Jacoby Brissett, right? Given given the circumstance, I mean, you get this guy's been to the playoffs two of the last three years. Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jacoby's been a backup for five six years. Jacoby's one of those who's a really good backup, but then he has to play. Like, yeah, isn't that what like backups that? are? Yeah, half of the starters are like that. Yeah. I mean, you could argue Jimmy's a little like that. I think he's an NFL starter, though, right? No, I, no, I he, he is. But I'm just saying, like, the more he plays, you're like, ah, ah. Overexposure. But then he has some moments just when you want to throw him to the, you know, throw him to the Wolves. He'll just, like, throw two touchdowns. You're like, ah, oh, I kind of like this guy. Yeah. He's also been on one of the best teams in the league. Right. Uh, who's that? Well, Jimmy's been on one of the oh, – Jimmy, yeah, yeah. you ride that roller coaster while he's been on one of the best teams in the league. Go put him on the Texans and see what that roller coaster Yeah, put him on like. the Giants. It wouldn't be as, wouldn't be as pretty. So uh, we got a Debo hold in, Tory Dandy, and uh, 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 Hamp. Is that what he called him? Hamp? Brian Hampton? And uh, Parag? Oh, you're What if they have there. a nickname for Parag? And John Lynch? Who apparently dude, ran dude makes the, everyone a lot of money. Yeah. John Lynch ran the hill with uh not the hill in camp, the hill in Southern California. 
with Ayuk and Trey Lance, apparently, when they were down there for lunch with Shannon. Did you notice yesterday how good of shape John Lynch looked in? How he naturally does, but I thought, like, God, he looks fantastic. I remember last time we saw him, we ended up having a conversation, you and I, about whether or not he could play. Like, could he tackle Elijah Mitchell in space right now? But when I looked at him then, I was just like, he's a former NFL player of the size. I, I felt like he was a little more shredded yesterday. He had just kind of the tighter tight collar shirt tight, on. The tight collar shirt looked good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a hard – I don't pull it off very well. Um. All right, so Debo hold in. This situation seems like it's a, it's about as good as it could be without Debo having been signed yet. I think the NFL deserves some credit for getting to this point because the players now benefit from this. Like Debo benefits from being forced to show up because ultimately Debo is not, even if he could, the old rules hold out, he's eventually going to play football. And I felt like consistently when guys held out, they always came in and pulled a hamstring or had a shitty start to the season. And that still might be the case, but like DK is an example. Obviously, Debo, I mean, they're they're represented by the same guys. They got to be around. They got to stay in shape. They got to be locked in with the team. They're going to all the meetings. I think this is a win for everyone involved. Win for the coaches. Win for the organizations. Win for the fans. Takes a little anxiety off win for the player that just forced him to be around. He doesn't have to give up any money or fake be mad in another state. I, I think this is a pretty seamless transition that we all benefit from that are involved in the league player first because he's going to get paid just like TJ Watt got paid last year. He's not the first hold in. There'll be more hold ins next year. I, I, I like the hold in a lot more in the holdout. Now you could argue from a drama standpoint, maybe, I mean, the, the Revis thing feels like that's when holdouts peaked. When he went Rocco's to, uh, chicken. Where did he meet with Tannenbaum? Yes, chicken and waffles or something like that. And, but that was, wouldn't you say, most of our youth and definitely through college, like that. He was that was not abnormal. There were a couple of those guys every year, right? Like, is this guy going to show? <laughs> and he just wouldn't show till like September first. Here comes Strahan through the gates. You know, here comes so and so, and the guys would show up. It's. I, I just think this is just so much. From a football standpoint and a success standpoint, I think we all benefit from this situation. Because the guys that are holding out and make news are the best players. And it's just always better to have your best players on the field. Brunt skills never holding out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's like the story of if Debo were not showing up, that'd be a big story. We'd be talking about it. But it's actually better if Debo Samuel is on the team and just playing in the games healthily, right? Not because he showed up a week ahead of practice. Although I did hear Greg Papa say today, told Lund today, that Debo looked a little bigger to him than when he reported last year in the best I, shape I know, of his life. I, I noticed it too. He, he just, but this is also a guy like him specifically. Every player now, right, if they come to the offseason, has that stretch of 40 give or take days where they're training on their own. It is not the same. And I, I think we know, you know, I, I wouldn't say Debo's Jerry Rice when it comes to working out. He literally, as a wide receiver, came fat before. That's unheard of. Like, say what you want. Like, DK, is he going to show up or not? No one's like, I wonder if DK got fat. I wonder if Devontae put on a few pounds. That's literally how we talk about Debo Samuel. If you look at the top, like, 30 wide receivers, not one of them, the word fat, chubby, out of shape will come up. Maybe, like, are they focused? Are they Are they locked in? Do they like their quarterback? No one's like, I wonder if Keenan Allen put on a few extra pounds. Like, we don't. That's how we talk about it, and it's fair because it happened before. And I agreed with Greg. Like I saw a picture of him just running down the sideline. I'm like, 
he's naturally, I would say, a little bulkier, but it's it's something you think about. Now, this is where if I'm the Niners, like I don't want him, if this is going to stretch out till week one, I wouldn't want to give him 40 plus 70 days on his own. I got him, and I, what, I mean, he's forced to show up, but I'm glad he's forced to show yeah. up. Well, you'd also want to know on July 26th, not August 15th, that he needs to drop seven pounds. Why well, saw Leonard Fournette is already 245. Drop 15 pounds. Good for him. You just get him in the heat? You get him running? Julio show up in shape? Yeah, see, Julio's a guy that, like, it's just health. Does anyone ever go like, I wonder if Julio got chubby? (laughs) Yeah. And age, really. I mean, he's just not the same player. He's just old. He's been, yeah, peak physical. You just want to get a guy, like, you just want to be around him. So, you know, like, they are your assets. They are your viability as a franchise, your top players. Like Traylon Burks, I saw like they feel pretty good about his asthma or whatever. Like he's he's acclimating well. But then I see some players like some rookie at a camp, at a hot camp, was like, didn't make it through the first half. He had heat exhaustion. You know, I mean, some guys is just you never know. Four four hours of cardio per week. Are they gonna put that in Debo's contract, you think? <laughs> uh in independent lifting? In, yeah, independent. Independent sa- independent salads. They've got like a uh, independent salads. <laughs> One meal replacement. And then, But you know what happens when you try to go salad. You just eat the salad and then you just eat something else afterwards because you're still hungry and it defeats the purpose. Yeah. The key to eating is going eating slow and let your Big stomach. Chew, chew. If you can chew 20 times, put your fork down. Think, you know, just listen to your body. Wait five minutes before you get seconds. Maybe your stomach will tell your brain by then. No, we're actually good. We're full. Um, uh, you know, I, one thing Shanahan said, I think he said it on the first day, not Wednesday was that him and Debo have a very good understanding. They're on the same page as to how they're going to use Debo. I don't expect a ton to change, right? You're part of what you're paying for the premium is to get the best version of Debo. And part of the best version of Debo is sometimes we hand him the football. Well, he's not Marvin Harrison guy. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I think that's probably what Kyle is telling him. It's like, hey, man, do you want to win? Do you want to be a great player? If you want to be a great player and you want to win, this is how you do. This is what the money is for. The money is for all the stuff you do. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't just to get you don't get to just become extra valuable and then do less of one of the things that makes you really valuable once you get the money. So I don't expect now. I don't think. You know, the guy, Kyle, if he hadn't switched to running back the second half of the season, basically, and just had a normal season, the Niners missed the playoffs, the amount of money we'd be talking about with Debo, we'd be laughing comparing him to be less guys. money. Way less money. The Niners would say, we're not paying you yet. That's what they'd say. And Kyle might be like, hey, man, didn't you like being one of the best players in the NFL last year? Wouldn't you say he was like a phenomenon? Last year, like just with, was, peeps, with human beings, the way it was, it wasn't Otani, but it was bigger because it was football. He was way bigger than Otani last year. I, I think Debo was like non quarterback. Would you say Debo last year, non quarterback, second half of the season, top five famous player in the NFL? What he was doing? It was unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because every quarter, but yes, yeah, I'm I would saying say non quarterback. Oh, non quarterback. Uh, easily. Because part of it, too, is his name, right? It's like one name everyone knows is a Debo. His franchise, right? If he was playing for another team, it might be less interesting. 
think as many people would have noticed him on the Raiders? Uh, Raiders maybe, John. They played, they played a good number of primetime games last year, just like that's the Niners true. did. That's true. Number one ticket sellers in the world. Don't don't let anybody tell you different. By world, I mean America. But true. Um, feels like a matter of time. And you know, it's not like he's going to get 10 snaps in the preseason. You're not ramping him up for week one of the preseason. Well, rap sheet, I was watching. Uh, well, watching be strong. I saw on my Twitter timeline this morning, him and Garofolo were live from Eagles training camp. And uh, how he less fidgety in his press conference just lies through his teeth and doesn't even flinch. You know, he just it's comes then, less fidgety than John Lynch or less fidgety yeah, than he, he used less to be. fidgety, like very, very at home, just saying whatever he wants to say and not worried about the repercussions. Uh, well, then rap sheet, they were like out front of the Novacare Center and they were talking to our, Mike Yam. I mean, all running inside training camp. Yammer. <laughs> uh, put a lot, of eyeballs on, lot, lot of eyeballs on Yam now. And uh, they asked, they were just going through different situations of different players and they got to Jimmy Garoppolo and then they got to Debo. Basically, like is Debo's contract tied to Jimmy Garoppolo's release or trade and in rap she thought it was not that it's not one than the other it might just be as simple as I think it's fair to say that the Niners I wouldn't say Kyler Mer- Kyler was you know ridiculous but it's not abnormal in contracts for player shape weights weight clauses workout bonuses to bring you in the offseason like that stuff is much more normal NFL protocol. We're going back and forth. We would like you. We'll give you an extra bonus for the offseason, but we'd like you if you're going to come only the one week and skip the other eight weeks. Can we make it where we can get you three out of the eight weeks? Or, you know, there's got to be some give and take, which I understand we're paying you a premium. Like I bet Howie Roseman would say, yeah, we expect AJ Brown to be around some in the offseason. And is it part of that, like with Debo, would be not so much that. It's just you want to see him to get it, just get your eyes on his progress. But on part his weight, of it is like, of. yeah, maybe he'd say, well, no one else shows up. I'm like, well, yeah, Trent's on a different program. Bosa's well, like Nick program. sends us videos. He looks like he's doing good. Yeah, no one ever complains. Like Bosa, I saw Bosa walk through. He looks the exact same as he's looked the moment they drafted him. He just looks jacked. You know, Trent doesn't even like the lift, and he's the strongest guy in the league. They're giving takes with everything, right? Kyler, you don't like to study? Well, it'd be one thing if you had won seven playoff games so far, but you haven't. Trent Williams doesn't like to lift. He's been an all-pro like eight times. You know, Bosa doesn't like to come to camp. No one's ever argued since the guy was like 10 that he's not all-in football ready to roll. You know, Debo, part of our pushback is like, you've left us times to question some stuff, right? Being in shape, injury prevention with your a body type like yours. Part of it is just as, in fairness to him, his body type is a lot different. I was saying that the other wide receivers in the league, the top 20 guys, no one battles being fat. He doesn't look like any of those guys, right? Like you go to Cooper Cup, Keenan out, you just go through all the guys. Most of them are longer and linear. And even the shorter ones, like Ayuk would be on the shorter side of a top receiver. He just, he has a wide receiver body, right? Or a corner body. They, they all... The wide receiver in the corner body, I tend to say, kind of looks similar, right? Well, at your 20-year reunion of your NFL team, most likely to be skinny, your receivers, right? And input, yeah, and potentially corners. Corners. Do you know who you know who bloats? Running backs. Short, 
not general like stocky stocky to begin with yeah Yeah. so love shady but you know you watch him now on i am athlete some turnover on i am athlete they had this crew and then the crew left and now they've added heard uh you know i don't know if brandon marshall the ceo you know i don't know if everyone's on the same page but gotcha shady's i could see shady 250 by the time he's you know 40 (laughs) uh Random Bob on the stream says, can you, uh, he gave us five bucks. So I'll read this comment. Can you please not spend the first 15 minutes of every stream lollygagging about random, random topics and get to the Niners straight? Love the show. Well, today we started the Jimmy topic at the 930 mark. So it wasn't 15 minutes. Let's be clear about that. And random Bob, we got to do whatever we want. And the great <laughs> part is if you don't watching live, you can always come in late, scroll. Fast forward. Yeah. So that's part of the internet. We, we do timestamps. We put in a lot of work to the timestamps. Okay. Yeah. And this is not, you know, when we were kids, if you random Bob would be a great caller if this was sports talk, but it's yeah, not. it would. I, I mean, it is, but you know what I mean? If this yeah, was 1995. Well, there's a lot of shows still taking calls. That's an immediately turn off for me. Random Bob and San Leandro. Let's get your take on Carlos Rendon kicking the bat into some guy I've never heard of. Kenneth on the stream says Habercoff is literally getting paid to be griped at. Life is good. That's a good point. Someone just if you pay us, we'll listen to any complaint. Well, not any complaint, but if you end your complaint with love the show, that's way more valuable to me than than the five bucks, but we'll take the five bucks. You're allowed but to you can basically say anything if you end it with love the show. You gotta be able to take criticism. Uh this good comment. Uh why does so random Bob hates random things? Random Bob wants very specific. Bob can be random, but he wants his podcast very specific. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, a, it's a good comment. John, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go get your body right. It's the most important thing you're going to do tonight. Is sleep. Yep. Stay and guess hydrated. What? It'll be the most important thing you do for tomorrow, too. Stay hydrated. Keep your house cool. Uh, turn off devices in front of your eyes. Don't be like Guy Haberman. Take your iPad to bed. Very oh, risky. I didn't do it last night. Slept so much better. Yeah. Keep your phone away from your eyes uh, late at night and just get in your sleep number bed. You and I have been longtime sleep number people. We can't recommend it enough. And, uh, and yeah, so just sleepnumber.com slash ham. Get on it. Do it now. Sleep IQ data shows that sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology get 28 um, more minutes of restful sleep per night. That's up to 170 hours per year. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because every great day starts the night before. Discover special offers now. You can sleep soft like John on his Sleep Number 40 or me on my 55. Discover special offers now for a limited time. At your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Also brought to you by our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed doing something that no other job site has ever done before, John. Yep, guy. Indeed.com slash ham. Here's the key. Indeed only matches you with the people who fit your criteria. And those are the only people you pay for. So if the people who match do not fit your criteria, no pay. No cash, no money, saves, keeps in your pocket. We're all looking to improve. We're all looking to add quality candidates. 
A lot of job openings. You want to find the right person. A lot of people are looking. People always looking to upgrade, too. So, if you know, you never know. Waiver wire. Yeah, just visit Indeed.com slash ham to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Yes. Yes. Um, Somebody in the chat said, uh, where did this one go? Oh, Rodney. Did y'all see Rogers call Alan Lazard a Hall of Famer? LOL. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> said Aaron Rodgers to the media in front of his locker, quote, I mean, it's always tough going from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. And then he said, but I'm going from Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard. So he's trying to act like Alan Lazard is better than Devontae Adams? He's trying to act like Alan Lazard is just, it's like going from, going. it's like basically going from Devontae to Lazard is like going from Rodgers to Derek. That's what he's saying. He's making you, fun of Devontae. You, you watched the clip. Did you think he was being facetious, little serious, fucking with Devontae, sneaky deep down, kind of like get get the F out of here? Where, where do you think truly he stands? A little bit of a slight. Because I, I actually watched Devontae say it. De, Devontae's not... I say this about Devontae, like Lincoln Riley. A lot of wide receivers are kind of playful and joke around. Devontae's pretty serious. You know, like Lincoln, you think, oh, young coach, Sean McVay screwing around. No, very serious. I, I don't even know if Devontae was joking when I watched him talk. Uh, I think may, there's a chance he believes it. I don't think he was joking. I also don't think, you know, I don't think he what, thinks cars better than Aaron, but I do think in his mind, he thinks cars big time. Uh, yes. I think he's building him up a little bit. I don't think he has sat down and gone through the football reference and been like, you know, if he can get three more 30 touchdown seasons, win seven playoff games, take us to two Super Bowls, that's a resume nobody could argue with. Yeah. But I do Vic, think Aaron, Vic Hafer in the room will not be shunned. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Aaron, too. You sent it to me, actually. Aaron, beard, it's a little, little dark. He does a very, very slight little lip thing when the room laughs. So I think it's, A, Aaron absolutely screwing around, right? But it's not 100% Aaron screwing around. Part of it is Aaron going, dude, don't. No, 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 no. Because not only am I a Hall of Famer, I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, right? Yes. So, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, arguably no. just talent-wise, pound for pound, Marino, Elway, Rodgers. I mean, it's a short list, Favre, right, of just talent. I think it's like 60% him being funny, but 40%, which is a lot, him saying, don't disrespect me. Yeah. And now I'm going to do it to you. I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't Except blame him at all. the Hall of Fame case for Alan Lazard is probably tougher than the Hall of Fame case for Derek Carr. Derek has a long, long way to go. Correct? <laughs> I mean, a long, long way to go. Well, here's something. Somebody tweeted at me the other day. In all seriousness, Derek would need an incredible next five years. Like, I would say... He'd need to be like a top, I, I was going to say top six, seven, just because if you factor in, like some guys in the top five are already lo- like Rodgers and Brady are already, you know, like who else does he need? But you can't be like the fifth best player in your generation and make the Hall of Fame unless you're like winning Super Bowls. Is Devontae Adams a Hall of Famer right now? Well, he's way closer than Derek. Well, I understand. But somebody sent me a message the other day. They're like, hey, 
he's like, they were like, don't go like careful. Devontae's had three 1000 yard receiving seasons. Three, not a lot. Now I will say this for Devontae in a weird twist. He's had two years in which he came up three yards short of a thousand. So, I mean, he's basically a five time thousand yard guy and his touchdown numbers have been ridiculous for like I mean, six I mean, straight years. I mean, he's had I guess five, five double digit touchdown seasons, multiple time first team all pro. I would say he's not there yet, but he's about two seasons away from being like he was the best wide receiver, one of them for like a six year stretch in the league. Right. Yeah. And to yeah. me, that's always my criteria. Are you one of the best guys of your position? Football is a little shorter than basketball or baseball. Like, if you're a top two or three player at your position for like five year stretch, to me that's like borderline Hall of Fame. It's my issue with Frank Gore. Love him. He was never like a top two or three running back, but he was like a top five running back for like twelve years. You know, we're like Marshawn, shorter shelf life, but it was pretty clear Marshawn for like four or five straight years, like top two or three running back in the league. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know great like was he a great player with frank not a lot of times you would say that's a great running back the reason i put him in though is because nobody stays healthy as long as he did at that position and that's part of the position but exactly i i I just tend to lean i like my guys to be like top two at their position for five six years yeah yeah which Devonte, if he retired right now people would argue about it if he puts together two three more just good years it's going to be hard because you're going to then i mean You'll you'll be talking about really a straight year three was when he became one of the best receivers in the league, right? Well, he started slow. Part of part of why his numbers don't look as good, shitty start. But what I'm saying is year three was six years ago. So now we've got if he's good, like we've got like a seven year stretch now. Like if he's good this year, it'll be seven years where he was just oh, I see a what really you're good NFL like sixteen receiver. to twenty two, and now it'll be you know like a. If he goes out and has 13, 12, 13 touchdowns this year, it's going to be. Well, don't you think he specifically would get a lot of credit? We'll talk about Derek, but like, let's say Derek takes a huge step and Devontae just maintains. And it's like, well, of course he did with Rodgers. And then he went to Derek and elevated him. Yeah, whereas usually quarterbacks get the credit for elevating receivers. You're saying Devontae will get credit for ele- for helping elevate Derek. Yes, like remember when Devontae made Derek a top six in quarterback in the league? And the other thing is, what if Aaron's not as good this year, right? There are a lot of variables with this transaction. Like, like there are Devontae's less variables, like, I'd say, with Tua and Tyreek and Patrick, because it's hard to just imagine Tua doing much. Where it is like, you could see Aaron, just the bar so high, taking a step back and Derek taking a step forward, right? What if Derek throws 33 touchdowns and Devontae has 10? Right, has his best touchdown season, has his best statistical season from a passing standpoint. Yeah, Josh too. But you're right. If how's Rogers? The- I mean, whoever wins three straight MVPs, you know, it's more, far of kind of did it. He split one. Right. It's hard. With McNair was that with the one? No. Yeah, McNair it split right. it with a run. I thought McNair split it with a running back. Yeah, McNair split it with Peyton. I think. I think Favre split it with. Uh, Marshall Falk or someone like that. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. McNair was a little later. But if if Rodgers were to split an MVP this year, that'd be like still one of the greatest three-year stretches in the history of the league. He already just had one of the two. Oh, now Barry could, Sanders. Yeah, that's 
Who'd you split your MVP with? Oh, Barry Sanders. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I split Defense Player of the Year award. Who'd you split it with? Oh, Lawrence Taylor. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna split it, it'd have to be someone. Barry Sanders. That's a pretty sweet guy to split it with. Yeah, you don't want to split it. All due respect, you don't want to split it with Sean Alexander. Yeah, it's just not the same. That's a pretty sweet split. Favre and Barry Sanders. I think if 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 Carr is just in the MVP conversation, I have a hard time seeing Devontae not dominating, don't you? No, yeah. And he should. I mean, he's one of the best players. Devontae's going to be like, wait a second. So I won a guy an MVP two years ago. I won a guy an MVP last year. This year, my new guy's an MVP. No one's considering giving me the MVP. Maybe it's me. Well, I mean, we saw the MVP... And I think the Heisman's kind of like this. It kind of pisses me off. Just they're the quarterback awards. I mean, Cooper Cup statistically. Well, the receivers never won an MVP. But Cooper Cup, if if anyone was going to win the MVP, his stats last year, and then what he did in the playoffs, like you could argue, even in a passing league, that's going to be hard to duplicate for anybody ever. Right. You know. So if a guy like that can't win it, if defensive players can't win it really anymore. Doesn't it just feel like the Heisman, the MVP, are just going to keep going to quarterbacks? Part of it, both of the passing leagues, their stats are so crazy. How did anyone ever up one of the two of them? Like, think of it. took Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running backs of all time, and Barry had two grand running. Yeah. But they are the most valuable. That's why it doesn't. Well, what if you're a what if you're like uh, the Niners in the number one defense and Bosa has twenty three sacks? Well, if he has twenty, yeah. I mean, now we're twenty three sacks is. Yeah, but I think he'd still even struggle to win the award. You would. Well, what's the record? Me is kind of stupid. But it, 23 sacks, what does that guarantee him? Well, well I'm just you saying. You told me Trey Lance throws 35 touchdowns. He'd be like, yeah, they're going to be unbelievable. Well, I know, but, I, but I'm prefacing it by saying, like, their defense is sweet. They're like a 12-win team. You know? My point is that the position is, by nature, the most. It, like, I, MVP should be, by and large, quarterbacks because they are, they play the toughest, they play the most valuable position. Well, like, who was the most valuable player in the Rams? Was it Cooper Cup, who had the historic season, or was it actually the quarterback? Well, if you put Goff back on that team, would Cooper Cup have had those numbers? I mean, he had pretty good numbers, Jared. Yeah, he's just a really good player. I mean, you, it could be Cup. I, Cup might be harder to replace than Stafford if you just made everybody a free agent. But I, I'm just I'm just looking to see other looking guys get a little shine. Here's, here's a way to look at it. How many quarterbacks are better than Stafford, and how many receivers are better than Cup? More quarterbacks better than Stafford than receivers better than Cup, I'd say. Yeah, if you told every team in the league you can trade your quarterback for Stafford or your receiver, your best receiver for Cup. Would the Niners trade Debo straight up for Cooper Cup? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it feels his hell. It feels like you can say pretty confidently based on his history, the way he plays, that he might be around a little longer. Has he had a concussion? Uh, I, I don't like think, you know, if you told me they're both healthy for the next six years, I'd say no. Cup just signed three-year deal, $80 million, $75 million guaranteed. Well, Debo's not getting that, right? Well, Cup's been way, done it way longer, much more productive. This is the Debo argument, like Cup and Devontae and Tyreek. Those guys have done way more for way longer. That's my issue with like the quarterbacks here. Stafford and Russell Wilson, they have a decade of evidence. Like, I love Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert, I would take him right now. But like on the tier, 
we have seen in athletics, and we've all been fooled. I, I'm with you on Amari Cooper. I thought he was going to be a star, and then it's like, you know, he's in a weird way, Amari Cooper's career is an underachiever, despite how awesome it's actually been. Like, he's been really good. He's going to make a ton of money. Amari should have been better. He just should have been. If Amari oh, should have been Hall of Famer, John. It, but if Amari cared about football and like deep down to his core as much as like Devontae and Cooper Cup, he would have been better. But I think you just watch him play. He's just a little laissez-faire. It's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But he's Which so weird good. coming from Alabama. But he because he's so good. Like his talent level is if you just got the talent level of Cooper Cup and Amari, like Amari Cooper's more talented. Yet Cooper Cup's a better player. It shows you like talent athletics, once you get to the highest level doesn't truly separate you. And this is what I, I will give Debo this. Debo plays football like football means everything to him, right? Like it's hard to watch Debo Samuel play football and be like, yeah, he's just kind of going through the motions. <laughs> Never. Which I appreciate about like, it's the type of players I like. Raiders have a couple. Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams. Like the Raiders actually have a lot of guys. Ironically, because they didn't have these guys like when Reggie was here and even early on in Gruden that like Belichick would like, Kyle Shanahan would like, like they have the type guys that are sweet players, but are like sweet dudes. Like you just, like it's the ideal want. player. Yeah. Talented and tough and cares about football. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just going to go game for the next like three days. I know we got a game in two, two days playing Belichick, but fuck you. Should, I'm on level seven and I got these seals coming after me and I'm, I'm pinned. I paused it. I got to get back. Like, bro, do you know what the third down package is? Yeah, I'll get to that tomorrow, man. <laughs> I heard Bucky Brooks talking about it. He said, uh, bl- blue chip player with blue collar work ethic. That's the ideal, right? Yeah, I was I was on a while. I bet we listened to the same thing the little DJ Bucky broadcast. My issue with Bucky's take on that is I know for a fact, and I think Bucky and these guys have heard too, it's one thing if you just don't know what you don't know. Like I, I can't get mad at a baby for pooping his pants. I can't get talking mad. talking about Kyler Murray. Specifically yeah, I, I can't get mad at certain things for doing things, even as an, a high school kid. If I don't tell you something and then you do something else, I can't get mad by just assuming you know. Kyler was told over and over what to do, and he didn't do it. So his rookie year, I, I give most rookies a pass. They don't know what's going on in any sport, in any job. Like there's a feeling out process. You need some find someone to look up to to figure out what's expected. But, like, by year three, give me a fucking break. That's where there's no, well, he might not even have known. Bullshit. They told him over and over, and they literally had to put it in the in the deal. If they if they felt confident about it, they never would have put that in the contract. Like, hey, man, I just – I, I got to tell know. you, the more I think about it, I don't think Steve Kime would have put it in the contract. Well, I saw a headline that Cliff claimed Cliff said, that he had nothing so I to do just, with it. The more I think, the more I think, what I said yesterday was you when once you told me the owner is a lawyer, that is one hundred percent something an owner would. They're contract negotiator because a GM would know. Putting this in the contract is not going to be the thing that makes him do it. The thing, us helping him and coaching him up and working with him, that's the thing that's going to make him do it, right? Like you have to incentivize somebody. You can, just putting it in a contract now suddenly he's going to do four hours of study. No way. Also, if you're going to study film for four hours, like you can't break it up into 30-minute bits because you don't get anything done in 30 minutes, right? Well, I think like you could four like... Four hours is a weird... I don't think you get a lot done in 30, but you kind of need to... Let me like get into this for an hour and a half, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think – I don't expect him to watch a lot of film consistently. There might be like, first week, he logs seven hours. woo you know, It's just the kind of thing that makes the, the non-football guy feel good, the owner feel good. But if you're really going to ch- – changing habits, like we're talking about overeating, changing habits – to change a habit takes at least 30 days is what they say, right? So like if you don't eat enough veggies, you try it for three days and then you stop. Like, yeah, you – you got to exercise. You want to go outside and walk. You do it for three days. You got to put that thing to the test for a while. And to incentivize somebody to change their habit, you have to work. It takes work. You can't put it on paper in a contract. It's not the thing. And embarrassing a guy is not the thing that gets it done. To me, the only way to get someone to do something that they don't want to do, and I think it's fair to say Kyler does not want to watch tape, or he already would have, is to incentivize them with cash. That's not the case. He's already been paid. Or two, you know, I, I I guess just force it on them, but you can't force someone to do something that they don't want to do in this case, right? You, like you can hold someone late at work, but they're not going to try. So you're forcing him to look at something. Is he really going to watch? Part of like, and, and you can tell coaches and quarterbacks, I will say this, always feel a little uncomfortable about bragging about like how much time they spend, right? They Most of them don't like Brady, Manning, Breeze, and these guys aren't banging the table how many hours they logged because they know it's just part of the deal. And it's actually, if they did admit it, we'd be like, God damn, these guys are nuts, <laughs> right? But they know they have to do it. Like Drew Brees, remember the video of like uh, Reggie White, Reggie Bush when he got Drew Brees? And remember when Zach Streif, who actually thinks on the coaching staff now, but he became their play-by-play guy, cried at his retirement, talking about how the O-linemen would send him food on Thursday. And that was something I don't think people – there was always notorious how hard Drew worked, but that was like, God damn, like these guys are going home and Drew sitting there by himself having Thai food ordered to just sit in there and eat. Drew's doing that part of it because he knows he has to do that to win. And then like after time, it just becomes a habit – but a habit that like you enjoy because you see the fruits of your labor. But I would imagine Drew and these guys always had habits of like knowing that that was part of the deal. I think it's hard to just all of a sudden start something from scratch professionally once you've already been paid. I, I actually think it's borderline impossible. Like the you couldn't just of- like if Devontae, there was something that he never did that was mandatory for great wide receivers. You couldn't expect or Tyreek or any of these guys that just like left teams and got paid to just start expecting them to start doing this on their new team as they're making $25 million. Now, for Devontae, that's not the case. I'd even probably say for Tyreek, probably not the case either. But, like, it's why so many free agents bust because you don't know what you're getting, and then you've already paid the guy. You're paying him, like, $15 million a year. You're like, God damn, he doesn't know how to do anything that we need him to do. But he's already been paid. Well, or that's, they're going to have like, a real problem. If Kyler doesn't want to be more successful at football than he's been – then it's going to be impossible. Now, if Kyler does deep down desire to win an MVP and to win a championship, they've got a chance. But it's going to be up to them to connect the dots for him and say, look, man, you can be better and we can be better, but this is what it's going to take for you to get there. That's what I'm what I'm talking about incentivize. Like putting it in the contract does not create a connection for him between what I don't want to do and where I want to be. That's on them now. Like they paid him, they put it in the contract. Now it's on that coaching staff because they know what he is. It's on that organization to convince him that there is an incentive. But if he doesn't want to be great at it, 
if he's just content, like playing back, you know, doing whatever, I'm not going to say playing back, getting away with what he's gotten away with, which you would think would only get harder, but maybe it won't. Maybe he's an outlier and he'll just. Well, he's playing backyard football a little bit because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't watch any tape. But my (laughs) point is like, generally that catches up with you, right? That's why everyone thinks it's going to be a disaster. I know. know. So (laughs) if he doesn't, if he does have a deep desire to be great at football, then, then his habit can change because eventually it can catch up with him to the point that he realizes it has to change. But if it's not in him, then it's just not going to. But do you you agree that that your premise. Because the financial motivation is gone. Like you said, that's gone. Your premise feels a little bit unlikely. Like if his deep down desire, well, why didn't he put in time like the last couple of years? Well, because I do think you do for the most part, the minimum you have to do until you have to do more. Right. I don't think high level people do that though. Do you? I think everybody at a certain, I think Drew Brees is the way he is in part because at a certain point in his career, it became clear like Drew can't just, I can't just run around and make plays. He just was not that guy from the beginning. And so we always had to be the guy that studied more, right? But I do think there becomes a point for everybody where you realize if you, if you have like some natural, I think in sports, it's a lot, right? Yeah, he, you did realize nothing. He, did no, he did nothing. I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying if he desires to be great, then I think they've got a sliver of hope here. But I think most people, you don't come out of the womb just with exquisite. No, 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 habits, no, no. Right? I, that's where I, I give his rookie year a complete pass. Maybe the second year, but as they verbalize it, they say, "Hey, this is what it takes." Yeah, he it's got a he's got to fail on the field, and which they have. That's the thing; like they have failed on the field. You would think by now it would kind of sink in. Well, I mean, one an all time embarrassments, but how does he view like that's an all time embarrassment when they just give him one hundred fifty million dollars? Well, yeah, they won eleven. But the other thing is, he'd be like, "Yeah, we won eleven games. I got hurt." I think he's thinking, if I hadn't been hurt, we wouldn't have been in this spot. Maybe he thinks Cliff isn't that good. I don't know. Right? I think he's clearly this, not there yet. I think this story leak. Puts a puts a quadruple magnifying glass on kind of their season and him specifically. Like, the, the, don't you think it's going to be a running story, Kyler Murray? Well, now like every time somebody picks him off, somebody jumps a route. He doesn't see a blitz. I'm like, well, I guess must have been playing Call of Duty. I know. It's if you were the Cardinals, I know what I would do. I'd have my security guy with a COD account. Can you like find users? I well, a lot of these to- guys, like if you follow players, they'll be like they, they post it. Yeah, Zeke be like, but again, I don't running back, whatever. Hopping on user number Zeke 24, you know, come, come hit, come play. I would definitely be an incognito guy now. If you were Kyler? Yeah, like I'd be on as just random Bob. So no more Twitch for Kyler. No more Twitch, yeah. That sucks. That's where all the fun is. Jay for $9.99. That's a great deal. This is a great show. I was at camp, and I thought Debo was highly engaged on the side and with the team. Remember, I, we saw him at OTAs. He was engaged. This is where I get back to the uh, the hold-in. Unless you are the biggest asshole ever and make it a stink, it's impossible to not just kind of blend in and have a good time and be part of the group, right? Because they hand you one of those scripts, and you're like, break it off at seven, Juwan, break it off at seven. You're the first guy high five and like, I see you to the random undrafted free agent with a tape on his helmet. You know, who's actually taking some of your reps in a weird way because of like the uh, trickle down effect. This reminds me, I got to get some masking tape for the Tito's helmet to put my yeah. name on. Well, the that, the, 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 there's nothing like I, I guess in the NFL because they have names on their back, they don't have to do it. But in, in uh, Fresno State, we definitely did it. I'm you pretty sure it. with the you Eagles, wanna, we definitely did it. You want when you're looking at a guy, it's like wearing a name tag, you know? 
Rookie minicamp for sure, because no one knows who anyone is. It's just a basic one, like Johnson, you know, <laughs> Smith. All right, Johnson, out of boy. Here's what Kyle Shanahan said about Brandon Ayuk today. I'm impressed how Ayuk's carried himself. I mean, I thought Ayuk, I think everyone knows how it started off last year. Um, just he was a little bit behind where I wanted him. Um, and he accepted the challenge and handled it like a man and got so much better and just went to work. And I think that showed off to, I think that showed to everyone um, as the year went through. It showed to his team, especially, or the quarterbacks, the way he came back for the offseason. It, it, was, it was awesome. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan confirming that the reason Brandon Ayuk was uh, slow to start last year was not an injury. He was not happy with where Ayuk was. I thought Kyle did it. He went really deep on Brandon Ayuk and said his rookie year was the COVID year. Camp was a joke of camp. It was nothing like NFL camp. So he shows up in 21 for camp his second year, and he's going, this camp is really hard. And it's like, no, Brandon, this camp isn't hard. This is normal camp. Last year was a joke camp. This is real camp. And it was, I think Kyle did a good job of explaining at no point has Brandon been a bad guy or a malcontent or difficult or not willing to work. He just didn't understand what was required of him because the first year was not the year to learn. And he called it. Now it's reached the point where he's a leader. I hasn't mean, he Kyle would, admitted to he's the hardest on wide receivers because he's a wide receiver. Because He's a wide receiver. <laughs> um, I think now you would say in our, in our debate about who are Kyle's, we've had this conversation, who are Kyle's favorite players on the team? Feels like Brandon Ayuk is in that conversation for him. When you and I uh, were, you know, being big J's and peppering Kyle with questions and OTAs, there was the moment when he talked about Juwan Jennings and Ayuk after those guys had a day where they eviscerated the defense. I mean, those two guys. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. 
save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Guys caught everything in a red zone period. And the way he talked about Ayuk and, and Juwan too, just beaming about him. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I, I, I think it's pretty clear that they have taken some wide receivers. Like their ranking was a little different than other teams. And whether it's Kyle, I mean, I, I would imagine when they draft a wide receiver, Kyle's heavily involved. And they did a back-to-back years with Debo and Ayuk. And remember, Debo was drafted ahead of DK and, and AJ Brown. And I and Ayuk was in a draft full of like 75 receivers. You know, and I think he loved both the guys, right? They coached Debo at the senior bowl and Ayuk, they jumped up to get him. And anytime I think as a general manager, it's probably different as a coach that it's your guy because you actually get to coach him too. As a GM, you just kind of watch on the sideline, like hoping your guy gets coached up. I think you take a lot of pride when a guy you see kind of the maturation process. Cause Ayuk's talent, I mean, last year he had some moments of walk-off touchdown. Like he's sweet. He is really, really good. Now, is he ever going to be Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup? I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. But I do think it's fair to say his his ceiling is probably higher than most people realize. Like if you told me he had a couple of your stretch where he's like a top 10, assuming Trey's good, top 10 wide receiver, he could put up huge numbers, I, I believe you. And I think Kyle knows that. And part of that, if, if you look at most of the sweet wide receivers, they're pretty high-level guys and like hard workers. I mean, I've heard stories about Keenan Allen, obviously Devontae, Cooper Cup. You know, I mean, the Chiefs loved until Tyreek got weird. Tyreek. Tyreek. Justin Jefferson. Won. Yeah, Jamar Chase. That I, I think that – I think he realizes they got something. And when I say they knew they had something, but like something, something. Like this could be big time. Like our dynamic duo could fucking dominate. You know, and, and part of it is like – they put a premium, and most teams do, but Kyle is an old soul. You know, I mean, you just look at his face yesterday. He looked like it was week eight. Honestly, the way he carried himself, like it was week eight, and they're five and three, and they just had a loss. You, Kyle didn't carry himself like, oh, just started training camp, good times. It's like, God, Kyle's just in football mode, coach. Old, surly, even though he's 43 years old. Just went to dinner at French Laundry. Should be Makes $12 million. He carries himself like an old school, like his dad would. And the one time I would say he consistently gets excited is like when he talks about things with football that get him excited. And it's typically about his team, players, and work. But it's like how they're working, right? He, he likes the guys. He doesn't get that excited about plays as much as like, I love what this guy means to our team. Well, I love about, what this guy brings to the table. I, You are so right. And of course. And Bel- Bel- Belichick. Just because we've seen so much is a lot like that, too. And what's the same about the two of them? They're miserable? No, they're coaches' sons. They grew up around players. Kyle's favorite, you know, Kyle grew up loving players and getting, in his mind, like you're a kid, to be friends with the players, right? To be cool with them. Like, that camaraderie means a lot. I was thinking of Bobby Turner today. 
the running back coach who's taken the year off, right? And who knows if he'll be back, right? You take a year off, you're, you're a little older. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. But I would imagine if he comes back at all, when he walks into the building, there's probably a part of him that's like, man, if I could just hang out in the building for a couple hours a day, just to hang out with the guys and then head home for dinner and not have to do all the extra grind, that would be the ideal life for some of them, right? That part of it is the part that every retired player says they miss. Is that, is the hanging out, the camaraderie. I think Kyle, I, I think you're 100% right. And of course, think about it. Like he, that's where he grew up. He grew up in the locker room. He likes being in the locker room. He is, maybe some coaches don't prefer to be in their office. Stay, he likes being, I think, around the guys in that sense. He loves having them over to his house for dinner. He loves, I bet, that his kids get to know these guys. He loves getting to know their kids. It's, it's The funny part is the biggest question about Kyle before he got the job was, can he handle deal? Can he work with people? Turns out Kyle actually likes people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a big question. Too big of a dick. And, and I think he. this is why he's so sensitive to the Washington situation. He feels they made him out to be something that he's not. Right? Like they made him out to be some like crazy asshole. And maybe in the younger days, he was a little different because think how many guys from Atlanta guy have come to the team or even Washington, like Leonard Hakerson was on the squad in Washington and is now his wide receiver coach. Alex Mack chose to come here. Like these guys come here for him. What's his name? The, the tight end who was in Washington got hurt again last year or two years ago. Reed, Jordan Reed. Oh yeah, I mean, so his experience, around, his experience around certain guys, those guys really like being around him. And you're right, the, the, the knock on him, I would say this: he was probably more of a polarizing candidate, 100 than he should have been, right? Because that's a fair knock. It's like, is this guy coach's son thinks he knows it all, and that is not doesn't feel like the case. Even though he can, like any coach, can be stubborn about stuff, bad play calls, but that's part of football. But his greatest strength, like you would think, like John Lynch, they're actually probably closer the way they act around people than you'd think in terms of the players. Maybe the coaches, he can be hard on the coaches. But that's that's part of being the head coach. You, you know, you're not being buddy-buddy all the time with the coach. It's, it's a different relationship. I mean, what was Bill Walsh notorious for, right? Yelling at the coach to make the players seem bad. He was never – all the players like, actually, he doesn't really yell at you. He, he yells at your position coach right in front of you, and then you feel like an asshole. That was his go-to move. Like some guys, and again, it, it matters who taught you, right? Like Belichick is just who taught him, Parcells, right? I mean, it's just, and Belichick would have been, even if he never met Bill Parcells, like Bill, Bill was never going to be Sean McVay, right? Or Pete Carroll. <laughs> you you do, his personality is his personality. And I, I think for being an old soul in 2022, being good with the players, is very, very important because, I mean, Sean McVay clearly is very good at it. I, I think LaFleur, who just got a contract extension, feels like he's from that, you know, kind of umbrella. And even though I, when I see Matt LaFleur, I feel he's closer to Kyle than he is Sean being like smiley, happy-go-lucky all the yeah. time. Yeah. When I watch LaFleur, he's pretty serious. He feels much more cut from the Shanahan cloth than, like, Saul is much more mcvay than LaFleur is. And McDaniel's kind of is just his own guy, but I I, I actually have Lafleur's really grown on me uh, over just because I, I I lean more of the serious coach, you know, 
like Andy can bullshit with guys, but he's he's pretty stoic and serious when it comes to like practice and the focus. And that's and I think most coaches. I don't know. I mean, it feels like Salah's not as much, and maybe because I do think that's very important is is keeping guys dialed and locked in because it's just naturally now there's not as much practice. The off yeah. days, it, it is. You didn't have a choice when the double days 20 years ago. So whether you were Pete Carroll or whether you were Bill Belichick, like the practices were the practices, right? Now it's like you got a lot of time on your hands. A lot more is on you. That's back to the Kyler thing. A lot is on the players now more than ever, given they don't wear pads in practice. You get all these off days. It is like I think the more focused guys are only going to keep separating. It's I was thinking about this today on a walk. Like, ultimately, why I don't think Mac Jones, I wasn't a fan at all, but, like, he'll probably be way better than I thought because he's really, really intrinsically driven and focused. And that's that's why Kirk Cousins, ultimately, and this is where Kyle was right on him, was just not going to fail. Did he it, did he maximize to the, the nth degree of what for sure, but, like, ultimately, he wasn't going to fail, so you should bet on guys. Like, it's why I feel pretty good about Trey Lance. Like, I don't know how good he'll be, but, like, from the way everyone talks about him, like this means a lot to him. He's going to focus, and why Kyle and I think the Niners have had so much success in the two years when they've made their runs is like they have a lot of guys that it means a lot to. And I think sometimes you see teams like the Cardinals are a good example. Like Hopkins doesn't mean that much to him at this point in time. Like I don't know. <laughs> like Kyler, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it means a lot to JJ, right? It means football means a lot to JJ Watt, but he can only do so much. Like that's the good part about the Niners is they haven't really had to like do that. Like if they sign a, a, a pass rusher, it's like, I need this guy to be good at pass rushing. That's like lead my squad. And this, the Raiders and Josh, like Josh McDaniels pretty lucky. He inherits a team with a lot of guys that football means a lot to that are his yeah. best players. And I think Ayuk is clearly falls under that. And you got to feel good that one of your best young players, like it means a lot to, but player leadership is really critical. Like you said, I mean, it's the only think about how much less, power a coach has over a player than they once did. Now you can still cut a guy, that sort of thing, but th- those are diff- Those guys are lower on your roster, your best players. What other industry exists where the person who's in charge l- makes usually less money than the person they're in charge of some media stuff, right? Like if you're a TV host, maybe some. your boss. Yeah. Some, right. Some. But, but for the most the, part, the big, the bit, the big those guy, bosses you know. aren't coaching you every day, telling you what to do telling you to phys- there's a physical element to sports that doesn't exist in any other right like no one tells Stephen A I need you to try harder Stephen like you're not running hard yeah like, there's a like Stephen I need you to be a little more prepared okay that's one thing but I need you to try harder right you can't and certainly he's not getting yelled at no. right and you can't make players work too hard. Like you said, the rules prevent that. But wouldn't you say football is probably the last of the major team sports? Like, is anyone really getting yelled at in baseball anymore? Good players? No. Baseball is like not a yelling sport to begin with. But but it but it like Jim Leland could yell at Barry Bonds in the sure, age. Sure, like that sure. in basketball, you know, 30 years ago, a lot you the old school coaches, Jerry Sloan, George Carl, those guys could like that's probably out the window, right? How many Top 30 players in the NBA get yelled at during the season. Sternly talked to, like, hey, we need a little more effort here, but like, legit, like, football yelled at. Steve Kerr might actually yell at Steph, but not, he's not demeaning him in the way that Parcells would, you know, he's not calling him, you know, Nancy or something. Like, like, if I told you in the first two days of practice, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase get like 
not in like, I'm going to cut you, but like screamed at by the wide receiver coach. You know, what would you say? 100% lock? Devontae Smith, Mike. Do you think Dan Quinn's already been on Micah Parsons? I mean, you just go around the league. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. part of the sport. It's just the nature of the coach, right? It's, it's their job. Like, they're not just like, go get it. It's just part of football is just, it's a more amped up arena. It's right? an, it's a, part of the, the job is getting your emotions up too. And right? there's a difference too. Like, does Chris Kasarik yell at Eric Armstead? Like, not in a way that I think you would see a lot of players do, but he is getting, he is pushing him at a right, loud right. tone. Yeah. <laughs> he a little bit of an outlier, but I bet if you went to, if you went to the top 15 college programs and every NFL team, for the most part, their offensive and defensive line coaches are going to tend to be pretty loud, right? Like that is an arena where it's pretty loud. And there tends, I would say between wide receiver and DB, one of the two is going to be a loud guy too. Just a natural, just a lot of fucking testosterone flowing around out there, right? And those guys just, it sucks for them. Their drills are the hardest. Who's? Like D lineman. I know. Like Chris, you sled. put your hand down. Well, what did John Madden say? Five man sleds is his favorite thing in football. What was the seven man sled? Do you remember that? No. It was, it was like, documentary. Uh, I thought it was a documentary on Madden where the seven man sled, like, he thought it was like heaven on earth or something. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it's really where you make your manhood. Maybe I, I forget exactly what it was. Clarence on the stream says, can't wait for Trey to begin best roster for a second year QB since Mahomes. Love the show. Been listening to y'all since the radio days. Hashtag old school. Best second year roster or best, best roster for a second year quarterback since Mahomes. I mean, Herbert's roster was pretty good last year. Defense sucked though. So good players on it. They they had good players on the team, but their defense statistics like you see any scenario where the Niners are dead last in run defense? No. D'Amico Ryan's and their team? No, no, no. Their defensive line's too good. But I hear you. That it was a good one. I mean, Josh Allen's second year roster probably wasn't as talented. Well, here, here's as what Niners I tell you. Roster. If Trey Lance were to do what Herbert did last year, Niners are the one seed. Right? Throw 40 touchdowns or whatever he did. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Corey says, for argument's sake, if Jimmy's released, what are the odds he doesn't get picked up this year? Zero. Zero. If Jimmy is released, would you say over under 48 hours before he signs a contract with someone? Under. Be, be pretty quick. Maybe it's like, oh, we got to get him out here on a flight for a physical. That would be the only thing, right? Yeah. I don't even think Jimmy would be at the point where he's like, we got to bring him in, talk to him. Like, no, Jimmy's cleared. He, he would get. I think what would be interesting is, does he wait? Does he go, well, I don't want to sign up with. We start talking long period of time then between him playing. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the tough thing. Is What if the Texans are his only offer day one for $8 million? What does he do? Does he have other offers or is this like that? No, I'm offer. saying, is he like, you know, let's just wait and see what happens with Deshaun. Or, you know, let's just see if Drew Locke, Drew Locke looked, Drew Locke was seven of 15 in his first preseason game. Let's just wait it out. I know Not- he wouldn't want to do this, but one thing I'd be like, hey, Jimmy, you know, heart and t- or time makes the heart grow fonder. Sit out the entire year. And I bet you get a two year, like $60 million contract next year. <laughs> Jimmy's playing the XFL. What if he just went more, to the XFL? He'd be more valuable if he just sat out the whole season. What if what if the XFL 
paid him to sit out the year and just be the face of the XFL next February. How much would you have to be paid if you were him to do it? I mean, I'd watch Uh, Jimmy. You'd have, yeah. Well, how much would you have to guarantee him right now? I, so I think the, the team, though, who's he thrown to? He could look so terrible. He gets to pick his team. What, who are the coaches? Like Jeff Fisher? He can play for Rod Woodson's team. Is Rod Woodson a coach? I don't know. Maybe. Not possible. I saw Rod Woodson's down in the Baltimore Ravens booth. I always love a good preseason booth. You know, oh, yeah. uh, the Ravens updated booth will feature Rod Woodson, Ed Reed, uh, Ray Lewis will do sidelines. The play-by-play guy, 17 other former Ravens. The Niners are rare in that the NFL Network doesn't, hasn't, like, most of these booths are just, like, NFL Network decided booths, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, like, everyone, if you notice during inside training camp, all those guys are involved in, like, right. Baldinger's like, here, this Mayock's here, uh, you know, MJD's here. It's like, Siliano. <laughs> who, who does Siliano do? I think the, he does the, the Rams. Ram, the Rams. Somebody does the... Uh, Kelly did the Washington football team. Kelly remember? Team. Uh, they have a lot of that going on. I, D, does DJ, does Daniel do the Chargers? Yeah, but he does the Chargers during the season. Right. I don't know if he does. He probably does the Chargers both. Him and what's his name? Money Smith? At Money Smith, yeah. Kurt, does Kurt Menefee do like the, the do a team? He does a team, I think. Yeah, wouldn't shock me. He might do the Browns. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the AFC West. I mean, we talked about Rodgers a little bit earlier, but just the amount of pressure in that division—it's a high, high pressure division, right? Derek's got a lot of pressure. Russell's got a lot of pressure. You see the car he rolled up in today, Russell? Yeah, it looked like a, a car from like the Transformers. It's outrageous. No, I'm going to do a little Twitter search here. The Chiefs have the least pressure, but when you're when you are one of the top dogs, there's just an inherent pressure on you. And as I said, the Chargers. I mean, there's only so many years you go with a generational young quarterback not making um, you know any headway uh, and get away with it. I I think the most pressure if he were to have another awesome year and be a top five quarterback and go three straight years of making the playoffs with Justin Herbert as a quarterback, when two of those years of at seven seats would be. The worst thing ever. I I just don't think that can happen. You could argue they have the most. Just given that, assuming Herbert's is going to maintain his level of play. Because ultimately, we've talked about Carr. <laughs> Look at that thing. You never know if it snows in Denver. You know, you got to be ready. Russell Wilson said, year 11, still got that new car smell. Has anyone ever showed up in their own jersey for the first day of camp? That's I like that move. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. I don't what the hell is he doing there, but how's he looking? Chubby or Yeah. Hard to say, hard to tell in this photo. I think one of his problems is when you're just shorter, he clearly is stockier than he used to be. It's just hard to wear your weight, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's heat on this team. I mean, like, you know, they don't get to you and I were talking about this yesterday. The Broncos don't just get to pick up where they left off. Okay, Vic won us seven games. We just we you know, we add Russell. We should get to ten. It's like, well, no. Vic was a good coach. He wasn't an NFL head coach that deserves an extension. But you were really good on defense, and Vic Fangio was your head coach. I, I guess you should have been really good on defense. They don't get they don't 
They just hired a coach who's never been a head coach before. So Nathaniel Hackett, we're rooting for him. Davis, bald brotherhood for you. But he doesn't just get to start with Vic's seven wins and then add to it. Well, how would you rank, obviously, Andy's number one? Would he have to be last? Like, at least Brandon Staley has coached the season, won nine games. Like, Hackett would have I, honestly, to be Honestly, I might go Josh, too. McDaniels. I, I would go Josh, too. Because if you yeah. if you gave, like, if you and I owned a team and we and we couldn't hire Andy and we had to hire one of the other three, I would hire Josh McDaniels. I would not hire Brandon Staley. Of course not. And I just, I mean, a couple years ago, people were making fun of. <laughs> he looks a little slimmer there. Is he sucking did, in? Did Russell take multiple versions of these photos? Oh, hold, on, get, hold on, get me again coming through the front door. Hold on. God, he's got to Sorry, keep wear going. people out. Looks like, you know, the sun's been up there for a little while. You know, first one in. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other cars in the parking lot, John. I'm with you. on. The, I, I think the Raiders have the second best coach in the division. Um, but they don't have as much talent. Like I, I think if you just pulled like four GMs, if you just said pull up the five roster, four rosters in the division, and again, it's we're nitpicking here. Raiders might be fourth now. Again, relative to other divisions, they would be viewed as second in a lot of divisions. But on paper, the Chargers are the best. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and the Broncos' roster is better than the Raiders' roster. Now, does that, like you said, Ed? I saw Howie had a good comment today. Howie Roseman, GM of the uh, Eagles. They're like, uh, they're really trying to build up this Eagles season. They're like, Howie, you were around when the team traded for Terrell Owens. Do you remember? Is the buzz in training camp right now similar to that year? It's like, Jesus. I was like, and his point was, listen, just because your team is really talented, like the most talented team we ever had, did not win the Super Bowl, and the most talented team we didn't have, like we had a talented team, but we won a Super Bowl with the teams on paper that would not be as high as some other teams. That doesn't guarantee you shit in football. We're in baseball, like if you have a top five roster in the league, you're gonna win ninety games. Me and you could manage them. They're winning ninety games. We're in football. We've seen a lot of teams with a lot of talent win seven games. So. That's like training camp, like in the NBA, doesn't mean shit. Spring training, basically the roster's already set. In football, it does matter. Not We can't really tell on the outside, but like for the coach and the GM and the scouts and the assistant coaches, like you talk to them right now and you talk to them in 20 days, like oh, we've come a long way. I feel we've built this. We have a lot better understanding of the scheme. It's a very, very important time for football teams, right? That's hard to quantify for the fan. Because especially like once the preseason games come, like I can't really tell with the Denver Broncos if their third string guy starts the game and Russell's right. in there and sweats. Right. But the practices mean a lot, it, especially the padded ones. And even Kyle was it yesterday talking about like it's why I don't make huge statements on the offensive line. Like until the pads come on, we you know we can't make statements of this guy's playing here, this guy's playing there, right? And that's the that's the cool part about football. And that's, to me, where the Chiefs have such a leg up, right? I know they've lost Tyreek, but their core, their star players, their coach, their quarterback, like they, they have just been doing it for so long. The other teams, there's a lot in flux. Broncos, major flux. Josh McDaniels is like instituting Josh McDaniels, who he keeps claiming, I'm not Belichick. Derek, you know, everyone's acting like, we'll see. Again, I'm bullish on them, but even the Chargers, like Khalil Mack, 
JC Jackson. I mean, they got a lot of new moving parts. Let me ask it to you this way. Rank the AFC West by the teams that have the biggest gap between how good they could be and how bad they could be. I'd say it's definitely the Raiders and the Broncos have a huge swing. And when I say huge swing, like I could see I could see the Broncos if Russell's an MVP winning 12. Probably can't see the Raiders winning 12. But if I can see them winning 10 or 11, I could also see them winning seven. I would have said that Denver's floor is the lowest. And I think that based on their coach. Now, tell me again how many touchdowns and interceptions Russell Wilson threw last year. Uh, 27 and 6. 27 and 6. Had mallet finger, missed a bunch of games, missed three games. Might be washed. 27 and 6. If Trey Lance has 27 and 6 this year, they might extend him immediately. For sure. 27 and 6. And the team wasn't really all that good, right? They weren't any good. He he does have, I mean, their one-two combination with Locke and DK is pretty fucking good, right? So I mean, you know, they got some pretty good players in Denver, too. They got Judy. They got Sutton. I mean, they got some players. I, I, so their floor is did, the lowest. Did, did Denver draft the UCLA tight end? Good, uh, third round, Dulcich. I, I like that guy. Yeah. And they have Javon, the, the the dude from North Carolina a year ago. They drafted the the running backs. Pretty sweet. Like They, they got offensive pieces. Their offensive line's good. But again, like this is where the difference I'd say the Raiders and the and the Broncos in terms of the swing factor, Derek's very easy to coach. Derek wants to please. Derek is there to be a partner. Where, where I will agree with you on the Russell skepticism is like, is Russell there to be a partner? Or is he there to like up his brand? A good man brand. A Isn't that the name of the brand? Shoes are sweet. I'll give him that. The shoes are sweet. But I, I mean, from a football standpoint, like, is he there to try to win the MVP and throw a bunch of touchdowns? Or is he there to, like, do what's best for the team? And it's it's where I do struggle with him a little bit. Like, before last year, he has been a winner. He wins. So it's like, he's a pain in the ass. It's probably a little more NBA-ish, but it's, he's NBA-ish where you're still winning games, right? It's not like, well, Russell, remember those three years where him and Pete won? No, they, beside last year where he had Malafinger, they won minimum nine games. And basically every year going to the playoffs. But like, does he feel like he can shove this guy around a little bit? And that's where Derek, Derek could be coached by you or by Belichick. And I think he's giving the coach the same respect. That's where with Russell, I just wonder like, does he try to flex his muscle a little bit more this year? Which, how could he not? Right. Cause he's never been given that autonomy with Pete always like telling him to run it. Where I do think Derek, and I think Devontae's nature, it's very, it's, they are they are playing for Josh, not like, we're yeah, going to tell you what to do. Part of it is we know if you do it the way Aaron Rodgers wants to do it, that works. It might be that doing it the way Russ wants to do it works, but it's, the other question is like, how is Russ all in on this here with these people, with this coach? Because Aaron doesn't do it. I don't think anyone thinks Matt LaFleur, when Aaron Rodgers retires, is just going to keep winning 13 games a year. Say he's come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. But, but you know, maybe he's still a really good coach. Like, we'll find out, right? 
Like my bet is he's still a pretty damn good coach. Now you still need a quarterback, just like everybody else. But well, if, if if Aaron were to retire after this year and he threatens it every year, Jimmy Garoppolo destination next year. Not crazy. Keep an not, eye. Keep an not, eye. Yeah, not, not terrible. I don't, you know, be a hell of a football life. Back up Brady. Play for the Pats. Go to the 49ers. Go to the Super Bowl. Go to the Packers. Follow Rogers. <laughs> With like one year on the Texans in the middle of it all. Maybe he just avoids that his whole life. You know, some guys do. Yeah. Michael Jordan played for the Wizards. So you just you never know. Well, I told you to watch this Jeter doc. David Cohn had played for the Mets. Then he goes to the Blue Jays. Then the Yankees trade for him before the deadline Jeter's rookie year. And Cohn said, I was so happy to get back to New York. Like six years I'd been out of New York where every time you take the mound, it is just electric. Six years, a long time to be away from that. But some guys, he didn't get to skip it, but, you know, he spent a lot of his career in New York. Um, Russ is weird. Like, Russ is like, spends his career in, like, really cool cities to live in, but not really, like, the biggest NFL cities in the world. Although Seattle, he made, he helped make Seattle. He made, he made, he made Seattle. And Denver's a great. Who Denver's did I talk Denver. Today? I mean, guy, Denver went for four point four million dollars. Well, I understand. I, I my point is like it's not exactly the Giants, but he gets said, he gets credit for going like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, creating the Thunder. He created Seattle. I, I, I mean, and Denver is a great NFL town. Don't get me wrong. Sando said the other day. I think it was Sando that said it's underrated how much pressure there is internally in Denver. They're trying so desperately to get back to what they once were because they were a premier NFL franchise. I mean, Elway got fired, resigned. John Elway did. Yeah. Their standards are pretty high. Like ultimately, Seattle, are their standards that high? Or did they just get pretty lucky that they had an incredible run? If you told me Seattle kind of sucks for the next 10 years, I'll believe you. Denver despises sucking. I mean, they are trying. They're doing everything. They're always hiring high-level guys. Like, you got to give them credit. They went from Elway to get General Patton, who'd been interviewing for, like, he had been the Ballard for, like, three years, turning people down. They take huge swings. Now, you know, hiring a coach, you see Jerry, like, went on some rant about how he had choices. He's sitting next to McCarthy, like, I just want to go. Guys, he, like, went on his own rant about why Mike's there. He had a million choices this offseason. Could have fired him. I started thinking, like, unless it's Sean Payton, like, Jerry, who are your choices? Like, the same offensive coordinators that everyone's – like, there, there actually aren't that many good options. You just hope you luck into, like, you find the next McVay or you, you find Belichick when he's 40 or Andy Reid. Like, most times, like, yeah, I just hired Pat Shermer because he was the hot coordinator. I hired Steve Spagnola or I hired – and then it fails, right? That is – and that's no fault of anyone's own. You just, that's kind of who you hire. There's there's not like some secret candidate book. It's not Indeed. You just, there's 10 guys. I mean, you take a couple huge swings, but the majority of times those guys either tell you no. And in the NFL, I can't steal your coach. It's not college. So unless like you want to do some crazy trade, which has happened one time. If 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 I want Mike Tomlin and he, if the Steelers, like I can't get him, right? So I can maybe get a college coach, which, Matt Rule is complete failure Lincoln? so far. Yeah, with Lincoln a left for, for the pros, they would have got credit for that one. You never know, but but again, that's one. So I, yeah, I get one big swing, and if he says no, like who would Jerry's options have been? Like elevate Kellen Moore, elevate Dan Quinn. Like his options, he's acting like I Mike got all McDaniel. these choices. 
Yeah, who are your right? choices, Jerry? Seven Jimmy Johnsons? No, it's just not the case. Like, if Kyle quit tomorrow or McVay quits tomorrow, Jim Caldwell, I think we both agree. Like, yeah, they're kind of fucked. We know what they do. The Niners would elevate D'Amico. The Rams would elevate Raheem Morris. And you pray to God. I mean, and you pray to God. Try to hire Sean Payton would be my move. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I get. Yeah, I mean, but again, like that's kind of a unique situation that he's even available. Like, but you're right; you would end up with D'Amico, and all likelihood, it might be okay. But then Trey's going through offensive coordinators every two years. Yeah. God, I get so many random calls from. How many people do you think have our numbers out in, in the world? You talking about like real people, or I'm talking just. Lists we're on that random oh, companies yeah. have access to. I mean, I probably get three. Three might be strong. Some days it's like five. Some days it's one. But I'd say on average two to four calls a day from people pretending to be from my zip code, area code. Yeah, I get a lot of this. these calls from 530. Yeah. But then, then they equal nothing. They, ha- they yeah. don't have a sound on the other end. I get this one from it sounds like China. But again, they, they hang up on you. It's It's very bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre times we live in. Yeah. Uh, new media. What's that? Well, Draymond said they could beat the '98 Bulls. He was watching TV the other day. Oh, I mean, I, I'm a little exhausted with the NBA players acting like they would just kick the shit out of everyone that didn't play in the last five years. It's just not like if you don't think John Stockton would dominate today in his prime, or David Robinson, or I mean, the, that 98 Bulls team, too, was by far the worst team. We all watched the last dance. Jordan was getting up there in age. Scottie Pippen's back gave out, and Dennis Rodman was a train wreck. Like, their best teams are clearly the first three, and really that first, like, the 72-win Bulls. Then the end, the drama came, but, like, what are we talking about? This This notion of always, why do these guys feel so dead set on, like, Larry Bird, he'd probably uh could he make the magic? You know, it just, it just seems like how they're talking. It's like, come on, guys. So two thoughts. One, I think there is just a I think basketball. My the, the part that made me laugh was Draymond doing that and then calling it new media, which the irony is this is what everyone has always debated is like, could what basketball team he was just tweeting, team? he was just at his house tweeting about like watching the 98 finals. Yeah. Some some takes. I know that's and I, I got no problem with it. I'm just saying that is Classic, just old media slash fans for the last thirty years. We always talk about this: what team could beat what team, right? Their team. Here's my issue overall with the NBA: the teams in the '80s and '90s that have. I mean, the amount of good players that played in the '80s and '90s is not debatable, right? We're not talking Havlicek. We're talking Magic Larry on. They played together, most of them, for eight to twelve years. We watch these teams now. These guys never play together. That's the one thing that makes the Warriors unique. Honestly, the Celtics, Jalen, Marcus, Tatum, then now they play together six, seven years. Like they have a lot of cohesion. That's why they, the, both those teams and the Bucks are kicking the shit out of everybody. These other teams, like you put it together, it's like they crumble like a cookie. This notion, now it's not comparable because they didn't shoot threes, but if you don't think the Jazz, whatever their best team is, could hang now. You're on fucking crack. I think they would dominate the majority of teams. I kick the shit out of people. Just in terms of knowing how to play. Guy, 
Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the two best players on the team that represented the East, didn't know how to dribble. Well, yeah. No one's ever going to talk about the 2021-2022 Celtics among the all-time great teams, though. But my point is, like, that's the type of team now that can make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah. That's the type of team that did in this past season. And there have been several seasons of... Remember, I said I think there have been less than some less than spectacular chance, and you said I I was the Bucks were about to prove me wrong. I'm saying that because the Bucks have one of the best players ever. And yeah, their team their team's pretty good. Their team's pretty good, but let's see what what it turns out to be. They might we might look back in history and say that was like the Ma- the, the first Ma- the the Dirk championship. I don't know, but what I wanted to say is this: Will you owe them an apology if they win the championship this year and they win two and three years and they've had yes. pretty good? Then, then I will owe them an apology. Yeah. Uh, what I want to say is this: After the Lakers docu, not documentary, the Jerry Buss show. I call it a documentary. Hated it, then I fell in love with it. Well, at first I hated it because I'm like, this is fucked up, just because the way the other guys were talking about how yeah. they were being portrayed. And then I'm like, yeah. I don't even give a fuck. I want them to be like this. I love it. I I listened to the Jeff Perlman book. I don't think the show was as far off as people made it seem like. Now there were some things that were just factually incorrect, like uh, um, Kareem. And what's the guy they traded for that tried to kill the coach? Well, they, uh, they did the crack, yeah. Yeah, those guys were not tight at all. At no point did Kareem try to help him. Kareem didn't really like him. Did Jerry throw the NBA Finals or MVP through the window? No, but throughout the book, the book illustrates like Jerry is kind of nuts. Was and Pat Riley that, was Pat Riley a hippie? Pat, that part I thought there's no way any of this stuff is true. It was legit. Pat Riley was an early hippie. Pat Riley like, was roaming the beach. <laughs> Okay, but this is what I want to say. When that show aired, I listened to the Perlman book, and then I started watching old Lakers Celtics YouTubes. The part that I struggle with is, if you watch these NBA teams from the 80s and 90s, they don't look like chumps at all. They're strong. They're fast. Now, they're skin- I would say they're generally a little skinnier, but they're definitely strong. And they're fast and they're tall. They got six ten guys. They got seven foot guys. They got six five guys. Now they can't shoot from the outside, which is a major difference. Can but, they not, or do they not? Well, both. They do not, and they can't because they don't. Right? Well, I like mean, Larry Bird could shoot threes. He just yeah. didn't shoot that many. Magic's jumper, not gorgeous. No. The game, the part that stands out to me, I would tell anybody, go just go watch 15 minutes of basketball from the 80s. A little push shot. The It is wild how much of the floor goes unutilized. Well, that was Draymond's beef. He's like, everyone's it, just around the paint. Yes, but they operated in that place. Like, if you watch, uh, you'll see them run plays and run screens within the lane, and then the guy will catch it on the low block and try to score from seven feet away with four with seven bodies around him. So they played a different style, but it was really hectic. I think what it created when you watch, I'm not going to say all 10, but these guys can finish around the rim. It's really impressive how well they finish, not just layups, but like four foot push shots and runners. And like, they're really good. Their fast breaks are just as fast. They played a different game. But they were, in my opinion, if when you take out the shooting, just because it wasn't a part of the game, they were no less skilled in terms of, and they operated in these really tight areas. Did you watch the, the clip? Did people that the dude tagged us in about uh, Greg Papa the Shaq call when he dunked over David Robinson the other day on Twitter? 
No, I missed that. I missed that tag. It was just a clip. The Spurs were playing the the Lakers. It was 98. I think Shaq's maybe his first year there. Maybe he'd been there a couple years. Because, yeah, because he would have signed in 96. But it was just him dunking on David Robinson. This incredible spin move, dunk on him. Greg Pop was on the call. That, that's why the guy tagged us. But oh, it was just like. I got to go find that. Shaq in the 90s was so stupid skilled just around the basket. It was just his footwork. And he looked like Trent Williams. But he's. It was just stupid. And David Robinson, who's absolute freak MVP, you just watch that and you go, yeah, the, these guys would have struggled today. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, Embiid, look at the guy, two guys that dominated the league this year, Jokic and Embiid. Well, did They're you great. see the Embiid clip? This working out with Fat Harden? No, playing pickup on an outdoor playground court with little kids. Dudes that look like us. Was he just awesome? He, g- he gave them the pump fake three-pointer, which, of course, the guy's not going to go for because he's twice as tall as the guy, throws the ball off the guy's forehead, catches it back, drives the lane, and then dunks. Was he like a Philly, uh, like, hard court? Yeah, it was an outdoor community court. I'm going to look that up right now. He looks 27 feet tall. (laughs) Goes off the guy's forehead with the ball. You ever watch Hustle? What's that? Uh, the Sandler movie. Uh, you know, I still haven't. I've just every time I'm like, "What am I going to watch?" I don't go to it. You're not you're not missing that much. I you know, Gray Man must might be next for me from what I hear. He is playing with. He just went to a normal pickup game with normal humans. Yeah, yeah. I got next. That had to be pretty cool if you were just one of these guys. <laughs> Check it up. He does throw it off this guy's face with a beard. And then he windmill dunks. And the guy's not even mad, it seems like. It's like, well, that's what a you, great story that guy has. Well, you realize if you're an NBA player, why for your to be a pickup game, you can't do pickup games with normal humans. You don't get it's, it's not, not even the sport. It's a different <laughs> yeah. Unless you just want to sprint and just get pure cardio pass and run. But who sprints in a pickup game, really? No. That uh, the 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 fact that Embiid goes to the park and wrecks the Uber drivers makes my day. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Back next week. Later. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.